Well, good evening, LCM. Tonight is June 2nd, 2021. I just realized today that it's also an anniversary. It is. It is the anniversary of the Sutherlands arriving in Houston seven years today. Seven. And tonight, we're going to get to reflect on Sunday's message together. Isn't that great? The Sunday's message was entitled, Remember Secure Sons, and we were dealing with step six. Let's start by letting you see a slide that'll help us kind of summarize as we get into this tonight. Look, we started with remembering step one, the day you stood in the Lord's presence from Deuteronomy 4. Look, I remember the day I first stood in his presence, and this has built my security as a son and given me confidence that I can experience the same feelings every day in his presence that I had on that first day. Come on, isn't that a great thing that you can go back and remember day one when God, yes. when you stood, first stood in God's presence? Yes. As you progress to step two, remembering that you were a slave and he brought you out of there. That's exactly what God did. You were a slave, he brought you out. That's grown as I've remembered that. It has grown my security as a son. Yeah. It's given me confidence. Is anybody else like that in this house? Yeah. Your yes. confidence is growing because it was for freedom that he Amen. set me free. It wasn't just for day one of the liberation. It wasn't just to open the door of the cage. It was for every day thereafter that I could grow in ever-increasing freedom because of what he did for me. Because I was a slave, and I remember that he brought me out of there. Oh, man, remembering step three from Deuteronomy 7, what the Lord did to Pharaoh, and moreover, man, this is increasing my security as a son. It's given me confidence that he will send the hornet to draw the leftovers in my land so that he can destroy them with his moreover power. Just as he did to Pharaoh on day one, he continues to do every day after. Come on, anybody been uh, encountering some hornets in your life lately? Oh, praise God. Amen. Praise God that, that, that lets you know that as you're remembering that you're part of the moreover that he's doing in your life. Can somebody say amen? Amen. As we remember step four, how the Lord your God has led you right out of Deuteronomy 8. He's led you. He's empowered you to be able to gain even more security as a son. To have more confidence. Why? Because he's been leading you this entire time. Yeah. Has anybody been blessed just to meditate, to remember on how many ways God has led you? Is anybody's list growing over the course of time? Yes. I forgot all about that. Here it is as God is leading us. He's leading us in the past. He led us at the beginning. He's leading us all the way through the middle years. He's even leading us more today because that's how our God <laughs> operates. Oh, remembering step five from Deuteronomy 8.18. That the Lord your God gives you the ability. He gives you the koach to produce dunamis. And so confirms his covenant this is giving me more security as a son every day. And the confidence that he will give me even more supernatural strength to the abilities that he's already given me. It's an ever-increasing strength and ability. Man, as you go through these first five remembers, it should build your faith. It should be building your confidence. It should be building your security. And that leads us to number six. We're going to all turn to Deuteronomy chapter nine. Let's turn there together. Deuteronomy chapter nine. And we're going to read verses six and seven together.
Verse 6 says this. Understand then. Yada this. That it is not because of your righteousness that the Lord your God is giving you this good land to possess. For you are a stiff-necked people. Remember this and never forget it. <laughs> never forget how you aroused the anger of the Lord your God in the wilderness. From the day you left Egypt until the day you arrived here. I mean like all the way from day one up until now. You've been rebellious against the Lord. I just, listen, as we're reflecting, we're family, right? Yes. We're just going to reflect together. Aren't you glad that this is step six and not step one? Aren't you glad that you were able to remember time after time after time after time after time? You could keep going about what the Lord has done. What he has been moving in your life about. Aren't you glad that you've had six weeks? Somebody say six weeks. Six weeks. Six weeks to remember, to recount. To relive, to revive, to retell what God has done in your life and building your confidence. Did you hear the words of testimony and prophecy that came forth tonight? He's, he's telling you that he's chosen you. He's wanting to do something with you. And he's showing you this. And as you remember, you're able to enjoy the confidence that comes. And that confidence is needed to help us grapple with this uh, grotesque part of one of the remembers here. That we've been rebellious the entire time, all the way from day one. We're able to rightly engage with this because we realize how good he's been and it actually only helps us to understand it better. Holding to this reality is so important that verse 7 tells us to remember and never forget. Yeah. Parents, do you ever have to say things repeatedly to your kids? Husbands, okay, we won't go there. <laughs> the Lord is saying this in a repetitious kind of manner to get the attention of his people. The point of remembering of each of the remembers is to secure us as sons. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Even remember number six is meant to secure you as a son. He's doing this in the right order because he's a good God and he's showing us something. When we remember and never forget that while I have been rebellious from the start, while you've been rebellious from the start, that is actually true of every son. Except the one and only son. See, I'm confident that my failures are not fatal because my father is absolutely faithful. Amen. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. Look, church, Sunday's message brought a reality of just how faithful our Father has been. Despite our stiff-necked rebellion since day one, our need to yada, know by experience, wrestle and grapple with this reality was necessary in order to have a clear and right perspective of ourselves and our Father. Well, this brings us to the title for tonight's message. It's Reflection, Step 6. Our faithful father. Turn with me to Psalm 86. We'll look at verse 11. Say our faithful father when you get there. No, you can say it. Yeah, go ahead and say it. Say it. Are you there, church? Psalm 86, 11. Teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness i'll say it again teach me your way lord that i may rely on your 
faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. Look, this is the heart's cry of the sons that are here in this house tonight. Sons that are constantly asking the Father to instruct us, teach us his ways, so that we can rely on his faithfulness. Well, this is producing in us a loyal, undivided heart, and one that is based on revealing only his name, only his glory, that our fear is directed towards him and him alone. Our Father, our faithful Father, he sees perfectly his sons for who they are, and he alone knows how to perfectly secure them. I'm going to say that again for you, that our faithful Father actually sees you and me perfectly, and he knows how to perfectly secure us, and he's the only one that does, and that is what is in operation here in this place tonight and what God is doing in our midst. We want you to take a look at some sons and how God was seeing them correctly and perfectly securing them. Let's all turn to Genesis chapter 46. We're going to look at verses 1 and 2. Genesis 46 verses 1 and 2. Let's say faithful father when you get there. It says this. So Israel... The man set out with all that was his. And when he reached Beersheba, he offered sacrifices to God, to the God of his father, Isaac. I want you to listen to who's being addressed here in this next verse. And God spoke to Israel. Everybody say Israel. Israel. In a vision at night. And God said, Jacob, Jacob. Here I am, Jacob replied. That struck me this afternoon that God is speaking to someone who's had his name changed. God is speaking to his son, Israel. That name was given to him as far back as Genesis 32 when Jacob was wrestling. He was wrestling all night with an angel of the Lord. He was wrestling with the truth of who he was. He was wrestling. Actually, you heard it in one of our songs this evening too. That the Lord would wrestle with us and win. And that's exactly what happened. His name was changed to Israel, which means being a prince with God. And yet here, God is addressing him and speaking to his son and says, Jacob, Jacob. And what does Jacob respond? But but yes, that's still who I am. That's still my name. That's still my character. I understand that. I've been stiff-necked and rebellious the whole time. A rebel and a brigand. Church, I want you to know that as we're engaging and reflecting with remember number six, God is able to both see here Jacob, what he will be, what he's called him to be, what he's destined to be, and he is fully able to identify and transform what Jacob is right there in that moment. Come on. He is able to do the same thing with us today. He's able to call you and show you and lead you and declare things to you and understand exactly where you are and be able to perfectly secure you in the process, to be able to perfectly transform you as you're going along. See, our remembering and reflecting on this truth allows his greatness to be magnified. It's better when you understand that we've been rebellious the whole time. But his faithfulness is seen more and more as I think on this. He is, his greatness is able to be magnified in us, in our lives, in spite of the fact that we've been rebellious since day one. Can somebody say amen? amen. 
Aren't you guys glad that we have a father who can see perfectly? That he can see exactly who you are now, but he also sees perfectly what you will become. Let's look at this in Judges chapter 6. Say faithful father whenever you get there. We'll pick up in verse 11. The angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash, the Abizarite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a winepress to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Look, the very angel of the Lord is speaking with the man Gideon, the son of Joash, the Abizarite, and the son of God. The angel calls him mighty warrior, even while the man Gideon looks anything but like a mighty warrior at the moment. Look, God is able to both see what Gideon will be and fully identify and transform what Gideon currently is. Our remembering and reflecting on this truth, it allows his greatness, it allows him to be magnified in our lives in spite of the rebellion that has been in us since day one. Church, what you saw in Jacob was being called back to a, to a former, his name Jacob meant deceiver, supplanter. What you're seeing here is Gideon's current actual state. He is threshing wheat in a wine press while the angel of the Lord comes to him and says, mighty warrior. See, no matter where you've been, no matter what's going on currently, the circumstances in your life, as we're remembering rightly, it allows us to magnify who God is and what he does. Let's look at how he does this in a continual way. 1 Samuel chapter 22. 1 Samuel chapter 22. We're going to start in verse 1. Get it, Annie. 1 Samuel 22 verse 1 says this, David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adullam. When his brothers and his father's household heard about it, they went down to him there. All those who were in distress or in debt or discontented gathered around him and he became their commander. About 400 men were with him. Church, David is both anointed to be king and in this moment is having to escape to a cave of Adullam. Like Jacob and Gideon, David is called and chosen for more than what his current circumstances indicate. Isn't that what the Lord has been telling us even this evening? That he's called, he's chosen, yeah. that he is pleased with this group and he wants to use you. He wants to implement things in your life. He wants to develop you. He wants to transform you and perfect you. See, David, as a secure son, was not defined by the cave that he was in, but he was defined by his calling. In his life, he was not defined by failures, but by the faithful leading of his father. Anybody ever been worried about being defined by your failures? Anybody been thinking about it that even this week as you failed here and there, as you walked about and worried that everyone else is going to just define you by that? Okay, then we've got the right word for you tonight. Our words for you tonight is our father is faithful. Amen. Our father is faithful. He is able to see you right now in a cave of Abdullam and still know that you're, you've got kingly purposes in your life. He's not confused about where you are because on day one, he called you. He appointed you. He formed you. He is able to transform you all the way until you get to what you need to be. 
You are not defined by your failures. You are not defined by your weakest moment. You are not defined by that because we have a faithful father. And he wants you to be able to wrestle with that and know, just like Jacob was wrestling with an angel, you got to wrestle with that because it causes you to glorify God even more. You are not defined by those failures. You need to be defined by the faithful leading of your father. See, ultimately... David wasn't known for his mistakes, although they may have been pronounced at times. He was defined as a man who did everything the Father required of him. Acts 13.22 says it specifically, that David was a man after God's own heart. Why? Because he would do everything he was told to do. See, that's the problem with letting your failures define you, isn't it? Because then you make a mistake today and you don't want to do what you're supposed to do tomorrow. Because we're too busy defining ourselves by that failure. That's not how the people in this church are going to be. We're going to stand up and know. We can remember that we've been rebellious the whole time. And he brought us out. He, he allowed us to stand in his presence. He brought us out of slavery. That he is more over. He can defeat the first enemy or the last enemy that we have. He is going to keep working and leading and enabling us. And that's why as we grapple with this, they were able to understand it in a way that causes his greatness to be glorified and magnified in his life. What happens when we get hold of this, church? What happens when you get a hold of what we're saying tonight? This hope that our Father is so faithful to transform us as we offer it, as we remember it, as we bring it before Him. Think about what happened to David in 1 Chronicles 12 in verse 21. Let me read it to you. 1 Chronicles 12, 21. They helped David against raiding bands. For all of them were brave warriors. And they were commanders in his army. Look at this. Verse 22. Day after day, men came to help David until he had a great army, like the army of God. Look, this ragtag group of rebels, those who were broken, came and joined David there. And they kept coming. They were drawn to this secure son being led from the very beginning and yet still needing transformational power of God to be at work in them every day as it was in the first day. This is because God is able to know what we will be and fully identify and transform what and where we currently are. You know what I've witnessed in this church? That we've experienced the same thing as David did in the cave of Adullam. That God has brought into this house sons that are continually being transformed and is being built into a great army like the army of God. What began as just one life then grew to one family and we're becoming one large family with lots of kids and we're telling them and showing them how to experience the exact same transformation that we did when we first were were standing in his presence. And then looking at others and say, you can do it too. You can have this same experience. You can stand as one of David's mighty men in this house and become exactly what we are and what our father is. Our father is able to sustain us. He's able to carry us all the way until we reach his mark of perfection, becoming just like our faithful father. Come on, let's all turn to Isaiah chapter 46. 
I love that the fact that those same discontented, indebted, distressed men who came there to join him in the cave of Bedulam were the same ones that became his mighty fighting men, were the same ones yeah. that kept joining and kept being added until David had an army like the army of God. I can relate to that. I can relate to my arrival and it being in me being personally discontented and in distress. I can relate to that. Can anybody else in the house relate? Yes. Man, this should give us faith in our father because he is so good that we can know and trust in his transformative transformational power. Isaiah 46 and verse three, it says this, listen to me, you descendants of Jacob, mm -hmm. all the remnant of the people of Israel, you whom I have upheld since your birth, Amen. since day one, I've carried you since you were born, even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he. I am he yeah. who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. Amen. With whom will you compare me yeah. or count me equal? To whom will you liken me that we may be compared? Come on now, Isaiah has got something special that he understands here. Our faithful father has been upholding us, carrying us, sustaining us since day one, since your very birth into the kingdom. This is what our faithful father does for all of his sons. First Amen. for Israel, we see him demonstrating it. And then for those who have actually been born of God, who have been born of the spirit, you're able to see it since day one. Since God's faithfulness has been there since the beginning. What should that do for us, church? if not give us an immense amount of confidence that he will continue to carry us, Amen. that he'll continue to sustain us, that he will continue to rescue us all the way until the end of this journey. See, this is the way, this is the very nature of our God. And that allows you to understand that there's no comparison. There's no comparison of how good our God is, of how faithful our great father is to secure you the sons of this house, because we saw what he does for Israel and we can have confidence Amen. that our faithful father will do it for you tonight. Amen. Let's continue to read in verse eight of Isaiah 46. Remember this, keep it in mind. Take it to heart, you rebels. Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. Look, Isaiah here, as a secure son, he is hearkening back to Moses and gives the same instructions as in Deuteronomy 9. Remember this, never forget, you rebels. When we remember the former things, what we must be drawn to is that there is no one like our faithful father. Hallelujah. He is the God who makes us. He is the faithful father who carries us. He's the one who sustains us and rescues us. All the while knowing full well what we are now, but moreover, he knows what he will make us into. That we have a future by being attached to our faithful father. And he will complete his work inside of us. Verse 10 here. 
it has an important concept, meaning that when you remember correctly, you can be reminded of what God has said and that it is still yet to come. What his purposes are for Israel, for his sons, for you, the sons of this house. Our God will do all that he pleases inside of you. Everybody say inside of me. Inside of me. Church, do you see why we can tell you that our failures are not fatal? That as we recall them, why? Because our father is ever faithful to us. I know I make known the end from the beginning. How many times can we look back and see how he was leading us and what he's been saying? He called something from the beginning that he is still making known. From ancient times, what is still to come? Those things that you are not yet able to endeavor in yet, but he's working, he's leading, he's empowering you to be able to get there. His purposes will stand. His purposes will stand. We've got to take great confidence and security in that tonight. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Look, you may recall from Sunday's message, we close with Philippians 1.6. Everybody turn there. Say faithful father when you're there. Philippians 1.6. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Our faithful father began a good work inside of each and every one of you by and in his spirit. And he gives you the confidence that your failures are not fatal because he as the father is faithful and he will carry it on to completion inside of you. Well, we found a, a jewel in this passage it's given us the perfect perspective of our faithful father's work to secure us as sons. Let me read this to you out of the NASB. The NASB says this, for I'm confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it. Complete it, yes. Perfect it, yes. Until the day of Christ Jesus. Look, Paul was writing to the church of Philippi from a, a position of confidence. He had a confidence that failures are not fatal because his father, your father, is faithful. What God began inside of you on day one, he will perfect it inside of you until the day of his return of his one and only son. Amen. Church, our father perfectly sees you. He yeah. perfectly sees his sons for exactly who we are. And he alone knows how to perfectly secure you. Yes. He knows how to perfectly secure me. He hasn't forgotten you. Your mistakes haven't undone this as we are yearning and we're allowing his transformation yes. to be worked in us. Let me show you how true this is from the book of Isaiah chapter 25. And let's look at verse 1. God has had a plan from a long time ago, and he's letting you be a part of it. He's informing you and carrying you along in the process. Isaiah 25, 1, say faithful father when you get there. Listen to what Isaiah says. Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you, and I will praise your name. For in perfect 
faithfulness. You have wow. done wonderful things, things planned long ago. Can anybody say amen to amen. this? Amen. Come on, think of how good God has been in his perfect faithfulness to you, Andrew Tisdale. Yeah. Think about a perfect faithfulness that got you here and has you sitting next to a soon-to-be bride. Think about God's perfect faithfulness in Keith Phillips about what God did to be forming this man and putting his family together in such a beautiful way. God is perfectly faithful. Yeah, he is. My goodness, doesn't that make you want to just exalt and praise his name today? Doesn't that just want to cause something to rise up on the inside of you and go, he's never failed. He's never even missed a little bit. His faithfulness is perfect in my life. No matter how I felt, no matter what I think, he has remained ever perfect in his faithfulness. Our remembers and our reflection should be causing us to exalt our faithful father all the more. Amen. That should be the fruit of these six weeks now that we've been going on with this. His name and his character and his reputation in our lives is beyond contestation. Is that true or not? It's beyond contestation. God has worked wonders all the way from day one. And those plans that he formed are from long ago. But even more than that, they were formed with and in a perfect faithfulness. When God forms, when he calls, when he sustains, when he rescues his sons, it's always done. Somebody say always. Always. He always treats you with perfect faithfulness. He does. He always does. No matter what you feel on any given moment. No matter what you think. No matter what it may look like, his faithfulness is perfect. You can trust in that more than what you see, more than what you feel, more than what your circumstances are. His faithfulness is perfect. No other plan for my life can perfect me the way that my father can. He alone is able to transform me in an ongoing kind of manner. He helps me destroy my rebellious, stiff-necked nature because that's the mark of his perfect faithfulness. It's not about you. It's about his perfect faithfulness and his ability to do in you and to do in me that which we cannot do on our own. This is where my confidence lies. This is where my security lies. It's in him because he's never missed and he won't miss with you either. Do you guys get that the remembers that we're covering are designed to secure us as sons? And as we're thinking about this reflection on step number six, it magnifies the faithfulness of our father. Let's turn to Psalm 146 and see how this perfect faithfulness continues. We're going to pick up in verse 5. Say, faithful father, whenever you get there. Blessed are those whose help is the God of Jacob. Yeah. Whose hope is in the Lord, their God. He is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. He remains faithful Sometimes he remains faithful. How long? Forever. Forever. Look, for those who are unable to grasp the reality of remember number six, 
They are only ever asking for help in this life and heaven in the next. But here, you see that real sons, secure sons, are those whose help is in the God of Jacob. The God who both renames one Israel and rightly calls him Jacob. The God who knows what he has called and set out from the beginning. And he is the father who is ready to give the help to transform his son into it. That's the kind of father that you and I have. He sees us exactly for who we are. And he's always at the ready to transform us into who he is. That gives us hope. That gives me hope. God's not done with me yet. I'm still living. I'm still kicking and breathing. I got some more transforming to go through. Our faithful father is the maker of all that there is. Did you hear in the past of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in it? Well, that includes you. That includes me. That he has made you and he has chosen you and he has called you as the faithful father. He is securing you as his sons as you remember and reflect, reflect on each step of the path of Deuteronomy that we've laid out so far. He is faithful. And not just faithful for a little while. He remains faithful forever. Our God, our Father, is ever faithful. That means it's not about your failures. Your failures don't define you. His word defines who you are. Your failures are not fatal because our Father is faithful. Aren't you glad that He is able to transform you? I tried so many times to do it on my own. I don't mean before that day one. I mean after day one. But my father has been faithful to transform me in a way that no one or anything else ever could. My father, your father, is the maker of everything. And he can make you into the type of son that he has called you to be. He said it. He's going to perfect it. This should be building your confidence, and raising your security as a son. If your father said this to you, the mezuzah, the call, the chosen uh, attitude that he has brought you into, it should be building your confidence that he is the one who said it, and he's going to be the one to perfect it inside of you. These last two verses teach us some important things. One, that his faithfulness is perfect. Two, that his faithfulness is eternal. <laughs> it's a perfectly eternal faithfulness that our Father has. Let's turn to Matthew 5 to see how Jesus continues to expound on this thought. Matthew 5 and verse 17. Our God is faithful. Our Father is faithful to us tonight, church. Verse 17 of chapter 5 in Matthew. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Man, we even have the red letters of Jesus on the screen for you tonight. In case you didn't know. Transformation. These are the actual words of Jesus Christ because they're in red letters. See, God is faithful to help us in every possible way. 
This same forever faithful kind of father speaks through his one and only son in Matthew 5. Don't you think that he came to abolish his own word? Don't you think that he came to abolish and diminish his own plan? Not in the creation. And don't you think that he's going to allow that to happen in you either? He didn't allow you to stand in his presence on day one and then plan on abandoning you by the time you got to step six. See, this is the kind of God who is forever faithful. He is perfectly faithful. Amen. He is able to call you to something and then transform you constantly, ongoing, in an ever-growing kind of way so that you can get to exactly what he spoke from the beginning. Amen. He is so serious about this in this passage that he even gives his own creation as a testimony to his faithfulness, to his own plan, to his own design, and to his own words. If you are still able to see heaven and earth, if you are able to stand on this planet, then you can trust that not the smallest part of his plan will he ignore, will he neglect, will he cause to fail. Now what about, what does that mean for us as sons? That means our God is faithful to what he has said. And when we constantly are crying out for him to transform us, that means he's going to keep doing it and he's going to get it right. And there won't be one little part of what he said that fails to come true in your life because that's the kind of faithful God that we have. Amen. He will make sure that every single word, that every single syllable, every letter, every space between the letters is accounted for in his plan. He won't forget not the smallest letter or the least stroke of a pen in what he said. His unchanging will through his unchanging word for Israel and for LCM and inside of you is at work. And that's got to build our confidence tonight, church. Amen. Oh, it's good to have a faithful father that doesn't change. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 6. And we're going to look at verse 17. There you go. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised. He confirmed it with an oath. Church, our faithful father confirms his covenant with Israel and with us so that we might know that his purposes are unchanging. This revelation, it allows us to take hold of a hope that is set right in front of us. As we find encouragement in this hope, this kind of hope becomes an anchor for our souls. That our Father is immovable. He is unshakable. He does not change. He is eternal. And so is His faithfulness. He is a God that you can always count on. And you can always trust. That He is going to overcome every obstacle for His sons. And make sure that you and I arrive at our destination. Come on, let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Come on, is anybody's getting encouraged in security tonight when you're thinking about the faithfulness of our Father. Yes. Look at 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 6. I'm going to read it to you from the ESV. It says this, Even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you are not lacking in any gift, 
as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you understand what's going on here? There's, there's a testimony about Christ so that you can have a confirmation of what he has already said. That confirmation among us is designed to remind you that you are not lacking in any gift. You are not lacking in anything. If he said it, if he's spoken it to you, then he is faithful to bring it about as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Church, we're not just talking about him being revealed only in the end times. Sometimes it feels like we're waiting for his revelation on the inside of us. But in either direction, as you wait, you do not lack anything. Because if you lacked, it would cause our Father to actually fail to be faithful. And you and I can't do that. He is forever faithful. He is perfectly faithful. And he will not leave you, not only without testimony, but he won't leave you without any and every gift that you need to be able to accomplish what he's called you to. Amen. My goodness. If we can get a hold of this tonight, church. If we can start walking in the confidence of a secure son. If we can do this more and more and more going, you are ever faithful, Lord. And he will never fail us. Look at verse 8. The Lord Jesus Christ who will sustain you to the end. Wait. He not only was there with you from the beginning, but he's going to sustain you to the end. Guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. He called you because he wanted to be with you. He called you because he's going to empower you to defeat his enemies. He called you because he's faithful and he wanted to. He, you were called by a God who is faithful into actual fellowship with his son. Why? Because you're also a son. His testimony is confirmed amongst us. His unchanging nature, his unchanging purpose has been confirmed and and that been confirmed on oath. Church, you and I aren't lacking anything. Get that into your heart tonight. You aren't lacking anything. You don't need a circumstance to change. You don't need the day to change. You don't need your bank to change. You have a faithful God who has not left you lacking in anything. He will sustain you. He will carry you. He will rescue you if you need it. He will even be able to make you guiltless because he is faithful. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Come on, say he is faithful. He is faithful. He is unchanging. He is unchanging. And he chose me. And he chose me. Turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Come to our last scripture for tonight. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful. And he will do it. Let me read that again. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it our father is faithful to bring us into his shalom he is faithful to set us apart for his use and sanctify us because we are his sons 
He is the one who is faithful to help us be kept blameless until the very end. And he is the one who has called you and he is faithful and he will do it inside of you just as he always has. He will perfect you into a secure son. Reflecting on the fact that your failures are not fatal because your father is faithful. It gives you the confidence that he is perfecting his testimony inside of you. Come on church tonight. You can be like Jacob. You can learn how to wrestle with the truth of what your father has called you and trusting in his ever increasing power to transform you and to perfect you because he is perfectly faithful to you. You can be like Gideon experiencing the transforming power of your father to take you from trembling to triumphant. You can be like the men who came to David in the cave of Adullam. Men who know where to find the one and only son who leads into a perfect faithfulness of the father. Growing us into an army. Growing us into the very army of God here in this place. Tonight we're asking you to reflect on the fact that our failures are not fatal. Because our father is faithful forever. He desires for his testimony to be in you as his secure son, and he will do it. But he deserves something. He deserves our praise. He deserves our adoration for being the faithful father that he is, because he is faithful. Let's all stand to our feet. We want to encourage you tonight by saying that our Father is perfectly faithful. We want to celebrate that perfect faithfulness in your life tonight. You've been reflecting. You've been remembering on what it was like. You've been remembering that you've been rebellious the entire time. And He was faithful at every step. Even when we are not faithful, He yet remains faithful in our lives. Let us raise our hands tonight with the kind of sound and shouts of joy that should be given to our great King. Mighty God, we love you because you are perfectly faithful. You are eternally faithful and you have called us. You have chosen us, Lord, and we love you for it, Lord. Move in us tonight, Lord, even as we reflect on your faithfulness, that faithful Father who doesn't do wrong, who You carry us, you sustain us, you rescue us because you made us and you chose us. Lord, we love you in Jesus' name.